Hello and welcome to Signals from the Hill. We're going to be talking to Creator Beamure shortly, but uh, we're going to open up with a, a new feature this month called Shop Showcase. This is going to be a chance for us to talk about shops that we particularly like that sell Avery Hill books, so they're great places to go to get our stuff, but also great places to visit. We're going to start things off with a look at Nash Comics, which is a shop based in South Devon. It's a really nice looking shop, nice and clean clear layouts you can see what's there and currently i've got a lovely selection of uh, paintings on the windows so it's a really engaging space to look into and move around in they're also a store that will get involved with events they were at an event in dartington hall uh, a sort of comics fair going out and engaging with local people and they've hosted comics workshops quite recently as well so it's the sort of place that you can go to get involved in making comics as well as picking up and reading them if you go to their website nashcomics.co.uk they have a newsletter that you can sign up to that will keep you abreast of all the events that they've got coming up or they're getting involved with and that's nashcomics g-n-a-s-h comics.co.uk they're also on twitter at nashcomics and have a Facebook page that you can like and follow to keep in touch with what's going on in the shop. And their full address is 9 West Street, Ashburton, Newton Abbott, TQ13 7DT. So do look them up if you're ever in the South Devon area or indeed you live around there at the moment. And tell them Avery Hill sent you. The latest news roundup from Avery Hill now. First up we've got a brand new store on a website that I'm going to pronounce as in print but we'll also spell the URL just because they've been a bit creative with how they're going to go around using that word. So it's www.inprnt.com. If you do forward slash gallery forward slash Avery Hill, that will bring you directly to our selection of prints that are available to purchase through that website. Some lovely stuff. Things from Tilly Walden, Simon Morton, Alex Potts and loads of our other creators. A special offer to the end of February is 25% off any works from Owen D. Pomery in our shop. That includes his acclaimed graphic novel Between the Billboards, plus any issues of Reads. And you need to use the code THEPOM at checkout. That's T-H-E-P-O-M. And now, let's have a chat to B. Muir. Hi, B. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, no problem. Hello. So just to start things off, um, I was just wondering how far back your relationship with comics generally goes. Were you reading them as a kid? You know what? I, it's, it's hard for me to remember. I think it started in my teens where I would like, I used to buy loads of manga and stuff like that. I used to pick up like weird, odd issues of like Batman comics and things, even though I had no idea of what the main storyline was at all, just because I like looking at the pictures. The thing is with Batman, there's usually like 15 at any one time, so you're fine. Yeah, exactly. And they're all doing a million different things. And I was like, well, I don't understand it, but I'll just... (laughs) he's got gadgets and it's fun and there's weird villains it's great yeah yeah absolutely and with the manga would that have been the sort of tokyo pop stuff yeah loads of tokyo pop stuff and i remember me and my um little sister discovering king city by brandon graham when it was still with tokyo pop right right yeah Uh, and we were like oh this is this is a game changer. So you just really started off just reading good comics, Batman and uh, Brandon Graham. That's not bad at all. <laughs> That's it, I think, yeah. <laughs> and my dad my dad had a copy of Persepolis because he used to live in Iran, like just before the revolution happened. Oh, right. So um, that was kicking about. Yeah, yeah. Had some, like, my parents had some Posey Simmons comics as well that were on a shelf in this room, like that was totally full of books. So it's just finding bits, really. And then I 
I've always like drawn since I was a kid and was like, I'm going to do that at some point. Decided, did like my first big thought bubble when I was about 18, I think. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah, great. yeah. So yeah. you just hit the ground running at every possible point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just went for it. Straight ahead. It's interesting as well. I think there's very few people who uh, are lucky enough to have sort of comics in the house from, you know, sometimes older siblings, but parents as well. You know, the, you know, I think it's a real sort of interesting thing because it almost sort of uh, legitimizes the process before you start, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're like, oh, well, this is like, you know, especially things like Persepolis and uh, the Posey Simmons ones. They're like, oh, this is proper like grown up literature that's like and it was mixed in amongst all these like classic novels and stuff and and you know weird like encyclopedias that they got with magazines and all sorts of things so it's all like oh yeah this is you know it's fine it's fine to do this but it's great because also then it sort of emphasizes to your parents not that it necessarily would be an issue but just the idea of you know this is this is a thing that people do and make a living from doing so you know it saves that sort of awkward conversation as well doesn't it Absolutely. And I like, so me, my older sister and my littler sister, we all studied art at university. So (laughs) my big sister's 10 years older than me. And we've all like do art based stuff in our careers in some way. So I think they got used to that idea from like a very (laughs) way before I did it. And are are your parents in the arts or? No, they're not actually. Um, But I remember my dad once saying to me, he um, would always like come up and criticise the perspective of things that I'd worked on, <laughs> not in a mean way, just being like, oh, well, if you did it like this. No, right, right, right. He's an engineer and does lots of technical stuff. Okay, drawing. I was going to say, does he have any sort of basis to Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, he's like, I, I really would have liked to be a cartoonist, but then I had children and I had to make money. <laughs> so I was a bit like, oh, sorry, Dad, ruined your, ruined your dreams. But I guess even with engineering, there's enough of a sort of, not necessarily a crossover, but a sympathy with illustration and design that it sort of does help in terms of understanding it. Yeah, definitely. And um, my mum always says, oh, I'm not artistically talented at all. But I remember she, she would do these drawings. Like I've got three other siblings and we've got drawings in the house that she drew like just after we were born to like commemorate our birth or oh, whatever. and they're like really good yeah yeah doesn't really draw like at all and great my dad has uh, he's 70 and uh, yeah. has started telling me how much he wishes he could paint and he's never mentioned this to me before at any other point in his life but i yeah. think it's prompted by watching portrait artist of the year on sky arts which oh, is uh, yeah. this sort of competition it's very good it's very interesting but he's just blown away by people making images from materials, yeah. which is really nice, I think, for him to sort of have this sort of burst of interest in something like that. Yeah, definitely. It's also, it's nice when that's the thing that you're, you know, you, you're you used to seeing if you like work with artists and talk to them all the time or, or something that you do yourself. You know, when you meet somebody who is, it's not something they do at all. And sometimes people can say funny things where you're like, oh, yeah, OK. But I remember <laughs> having a friend at school who she was like just watching me draw and she was like, if I could do this, I'd do it all the time. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? That is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a nice way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, as someone who can't draw, um, I think I, I need to speak on behalf of, of 
uh, <laughs> our, our people and say, for us, it's essentially magic that you're doing. And it's not. It's, you know, uh, work and practice. And, you know, there's a lot of, of things that go into it. But um, yeah. just when I worked at Gosh, there were a few times, uh, you know, Jaime Hernandez being a good example, where I'd get, yeah. I'd, I'd get them to sketch in a book just so I could watch him draw in front of me. And it's just a head sketch of yeah. uh, Hopi, but like, you know, just watching him make those marks was magical to me. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think even if you do do it, you watch, you watch somebody else draw, like, and, and obviously everybody draws totally differently. So if you're watching somebody else, you forget about all the toil and stuff that you have to go through to get to that point. And you're still like, oh my God, this is, amazing. <laughs> this is witchcraft. <laughs> so you went to your thir- first thought bubble at 18 and you were exhibiting? Yes. And what yeah. sort of things were you selling there? Was it zines that you'd made? or? Uh, so I had this one zine that I'd done. Um, my friend Richie runs a comic shop in my hometown called Ground Zero in Mansfield. And he wasn't at the time, but he's always so into comics, had like loads and loads of long boxes under his bed in his tiny flat and stuff. Um, and he he really, I was like, I'm doing this comic show. Somebody, it was actually like an ex-boyfriend paid for the table for me, so I didn't have to pay for it at all. That helps. <laughs> it came round. Pure profit. Yeah, exactly. Get what we want. And by the time it came around, we split up and I was like, oh, Richie, do you want to do this show with me? Because yeah. I knew he did lots of like online comics online and stuff and he was like yeah yeah yeah, sure and his brother works in printing so a lot of it was you know it's like you know and whatever and he's like yeah you should put together a book for it which I really wanted I was going to do anyway but you know sort of do it on my home printer and it would have been a lot shorter so we both kind of like squirreled away and worked on these books and I did a little um I think Ricky still got a copy somewhere and I found some in my parents house the other day and they're quite embarrassing to look at now and I hate this (laughs) a lot there's some stuff in there where I'm like oh this is good actually a lot of the jokes I'm like oh this is a bit dodgy and a bit like right right trying to be really blokey and like it was a different time yeah (laughs) I was 18 I don't know. <laughs> I was a teenage idiot. Yeah, I think there's very few people that would stand by anything they made at 18 and sort of go, I think yeah. this just represents me forever now. This is it. Yeah. That's fine. This is it. I'm never going to improve. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I think about the world, and I'm setting that forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, so it was like a little book of short stories, and I think that's all I had. I did some, like sat and did some live commissions and stuff while I sat there. And was it enjoyable as an experience? Yeah, it was really enjoyable. I think because I was there with a mate who's like a bit older than me and much more confident. (laughs) (laughs) Also, um, Thought Bubble, you know, is a fantastic show. I've never actually been, but like just by reputation, you know, the sort of tone of it and the whole sort of setup seems very sort of artist friendly, which is good. I remember walking around and being totally terrified and i in a way it was quite nice because there a, a lot of people were like oh do you do you want somebody somebody actually said to me they were like you look like you need someone to talk to because <laughs> it's like oh there is this terrified child wandering around just like <gasps> but that's what i mean like that uh, that's a very that sounds like a very thought bubble story to me someone sort of seeing yeah. that going I, I think i'll just talk to you just so this is a, a better experience for you you know it's, yeah it's great absolutely like the like support that gets offered to you and the, the you know the kind of like oh we're all in this Let's just help each other out. Let's just have a nice time. (laughs) (laughs) You obviously carried on making comics after that. Yes. Yeah. 
And I was just looking over your work at the moment. It seems like your your sort of, I guess, ongoing project would be boys comics, your web comic. Would that be Oh, uh, yeah, the boys comics. That is, yeah, it's just turned into a huge thing that <laughs> is going to probably take up a lot of my life now. It's going to be dominated by boys. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the sort of the scope of it what's the sort of i mean you know uh, it's very easy to classify it as a, an ongoing web comic gag strip but yeah. do you want to say a little more than that about it no <laughs> <laughs> no no don't because that covers it doesn't it go there yeah, and there's some great stuff it. you know in the, in the beginning when i was doing it i was going to do like this big story with them and like the philosophy of boys and and where they came from and and um it was going to be like a, a study of boys um, and it was going to be somebody who was like examining them and, and talking about them. And, and like the only thing that was certain about them would be that boys will be boys and they will <laughs> do the things they want to do. And I made up this big, complicated narrative. And it's actually my um, friend, Remy Boydell, who's a great comic artist. And she was like, now, you know what? I like did these like silly little gag strips. She's like, just do those. <laughs> She's like, just do those. Do them every day. People love the funny internet things. And yeah, it's no, true. It's great. They do, yeah. It's nice as well because they're really some really nice sort of visual stuff there as well, like purely visual stuff. So it's a nice sort of mix of gag stuff and uh, sort of dazzling comicy bits. Yeah, they're good to do as well because it's just like I don't think about. Sometimes I think about the gags really hard. Sometimes they come. Sometimes I'm lying awake at night and I'm like, "Oh, that's a good boy comic." But <laughs> in terms of actually doing them, I just go like, ah, "Just like, <laughs> get it down, get it, it done." Yeah, so it's nice to have something that isn't as like laboured as some of the other illustration work that I do or other comics that I work on. Just looking at the the Lean Hound website, that's, that's a, a collective you're part of that's based in Bristol? Yeah, so that's me and uh, my two pals. Uh, we all studied together, um, Mish, Scott and Chris Neal. It's all a bit bitty at the moment, but <laughs> we, we try and do things together when we can, for sure. Well, it looks like a nice sort of space for you to have to sort of do various things. I mean, I saw in there there's like a sort of anthology from the collective, Loot All the Things. Yeah, so we're all over the place at the moment because I'm in Nottingham now and Mish is Bristol and Chris is living in Brighton doing the Masters. It's kind of like a good space to play with my hardcore traditional fantasy things like your D&D stuff and sort of more spooky esoteric thing we like now thinking about the tradition of ghost dogs in the uk it's like a really prevalent thing in folk stories just a bit obsessed with it and that's why it's called lean hand so yeah like, like spectral dogs yeah like yeah yeah the black shuck and all that right, and, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff so i think that's something that we might do at some point a big uh, collection of us uh, spectral spectral pooches for sure <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've got a, a zine of your own on there called canadarling yes yeah i went the other year i had um uh, my, my granddad died and i left a bit of money and he used to do lots of traveling all over the place so it's like i basically used it to to go to vancouver because i've always wanted to go and initially it was going to be me and my little sister but she had like the worst time sorting out her passport she messed it up and she only figured out like a week before we were going that she was like shit actually i can't come so it was going to be the two of us and then i was like oh no it's just me 
just by myself <laughs> for 10 days. And initially I was quite like terrified being, because it's the furthest I've ever travelled and being by myself. But it's great. And I love the feeling of going somewhere new and you look at things differently and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Suddenly even the lamppost, you're like, I'm going to draw the shit out of that lamppost. <laughs> <laughs> and as well as the zines at Leanhound, you've got things like patches, pins, prints, postcards. Yeah. I say it seems like a really good space to let you sort of express a few different things. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's a good space to be able to play together with things and be like, I'm just going to try doing this and see if this works. And it's also, it's really nice for doing conventions and things to have two other people with you. It gets a bit like, sometimes within the space, it can get a little bit, uh, I think it's easy to get confused when you're an artist doing things in a collective and be like, but what's me and what's the collective? <laughs> and it doesn't really matter because it all, you know, it all informs each other. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's the key, isn't it? There's a yeah. sort of like an overlap that sort of yeah, like, as you say, sure. feeds into one another. It's great. I used to get so worried when I was doing stuff, especially when I was studying, and I think it's common with a lot of people who are studying, where you're like, but I don't know what kind of work I make. <laughs> all these different things and it doesn't all like fit together properly and afterwards you realize that that's just totally silly and it's fine to dip all your fingers in all of the pies but as long as you know you're still having a good time and it's, it's still something you're enjoying doing yeah there's a danger of, of veering into the, the world of branding if you go too far isn't it that's yeah sort of... <laughs> absolutely some people so, and some people do. Some people do have this. They're like, I do this thing and I do this thing really well and make careers off that and have a great time doing that. But sometimes um, you have to accept that you're a person who like is like, oh, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna hop over here for a bit and then, <laughs> and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's what works for you, isn't it? That's the key. Yeah, definitely. And you've been involved in, well, at least one anthology that I could see away from Lean Hound, the Dirty Rotten Comics. You did a, a strip yeah. one of their things. Yes. Yeah. Again, but... what a great sort of space that is in, in the UK comic scene. Oh, it's so nice. It's so good to just be like, and it was always the case of doing stuff for Dirty Rotten Comics. I haven't done stuff in a while because it's always been during like big deadlines, but it's really nice to see it come up and be like, yeah, you know what? I will make a four page comic. It just, it's nice to have that deadline and be like, and then it's going to be in a book. Well, then also, yeah, the, the great thing is the sort of uh, production distribution part is sort of removed from the equation for you as well, right. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'll draw this, send it off, and it'll magically appear. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get back this nice book filled with other comics as well. It's great. <laughs> and not quite collaborative, but something that uh, I found interesting about your sort of work is the fact that you do scribing as well. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. want to just tell people what scribing is? This is a great job and it involves going to live events and it's quite often for corporate businesses. Now a big meeting um, that will go on for maybe a day, maybe a couple of hours and about something. Sometimes it's something incredibly specific, like it's a conference about people who sell tyres for one kind of tractor and, <laughs> and then you draw you get like enormous sheet of paper and you draw live you do basically visual note taking and lots of like little cartoons and stuff to make something that might be quite boring into something like pretty interesting and fun to look at and a nice like overriding things for people to look at at the end of the day it's like it's like an odd translation job so you go to a big old meeting and you turn the words into pictures. 
I just think it's such an incredible thing to do. I, yeah, I know Julia and uh, Jess yeah. who do it as well and make comics. And I just think it just seems like such a great thing, a great exercise. I know it's not, it's a, a job in and of itself. But I just think for a comic artist, just giving that thing of like, you know, I always think for commercial illustration for comic artists, the, the, the great thing is you'll be asked to draw things that you're not necessarily comfortable drawing or you wouldn't yeah. choose to draw so suddenly you get sort of pulled into that but scribing seems like a high wire version of that where you sort yeah. of anything can be said and then suddenly you've got to turn it into an image you know what a, what yeah. a great sort of skill set to have definitely and it's also fascinating because because you come away from a day and you're like oh i've learned something about a thing that i had no idea existed sometimes you don't sometimes your mind is flooded with acronyms and you're like oh i've just got to get through it but like <laughs> but your your not... tractor tire knowledge now is just yeah, completely yeah. off the scale isn't it exactly. people <laughs> are like did you know anything about tractor tires before because you seem to be really up on this and you're like no no i just <laughs> just learn all this on the fly just <laughs> you turn so, up you're like, i didn't bring any black ink this could be a problem yeah <laughs> And did you notice, I don't know, sort of the sort of timeline in terms of the overlap of you starting to scribe? I mean, you're obviously making comics when you're 18, but yeah. have you noticed any changes in your process, any sort of influences on your own comics work that has come from, from doing scribing? I think I'm just a lot more confident with it now. Mm. I, I think uh, when I was younger, I would really, I would feel that there was a certain way that I had to do comics and I'd like labor over them and be like, okay, well, first I sketch this and then I've got to script this and then I've got, I've got to do it like that it's because, because I was telling myself that there was a certain way it was done. And then I go do scribing and be like, I've done 12 feet of drawing in a day. <laughs> Well, also, I guess it would build such confidence just in the line of your drawing. Like, if you're laying yeah. down a mark, you're sort of like, well, this is going to be what it is. So, you know, I can work yeah. with this. And, and with scribing, you're like, you just have to go with it. You know, yeah. there's, you can do planning and like that. But there's only so much you can do. You you can, like, plot out where you're going to put things and, and plan what the themes you're going to involve are kind of do. Or if you're, if you're going to do a landscape that you put things within. But you do have a limited amount of time and you just have to start at some point and have to, like, go for it. And there's something about the immediacy of that that makes you a lot more like makes me feel a lot less worried about making comics. There's still the fear, but I'm just like, you know what? You just have to do it. You just have to get in there and do it. And if it turns out crap, then the next page will be better. It's fine. <laughs> And if you're working on a comic, the odds of uh, some random person talking about, you know, gear differentials and derailing yeah. every plan you had for the image is, is unlikely, isn't it? It's very unlikely. Yeah, exactly. You've got a bit and more no, control. No one's going to come over and be like, actually, you've spelled his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of uh, Avery Hill, you mentioned that uh, Ricky has one of your first zines. Was that something he'd picked up you, from you at that thought bubble or is that something you've gifted him yeah. in the, the meantime? I totally don't remember because I know he has one. <laughs> thief. You're I'm, calling him I'm a thief. Like, That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> took it from me. He's a sneaky man. He's, he's <laughs> but he could have. Uh, I think there were a few in maybe in Gosh at oh, some okay. point. There, was, there were definitely some in Orbital. Right, right. So it could have come from anywhere. <laughs> could have come from anywhere. Off the back of a van. I remember, I guess when I was like 20, or I can't remember when it was. And it was when, I think it was when Avery Hill had just started, possibly. Oh, right. And 
when Ricky had just started doing Metroland before Julia was He's drawing doing... himself at this point. Yeah. These yeah, are yeah. the early days. These are the wild early days yeah. of Avery Hill. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm doing this comic. He's like, and, and would you do a pinup for it? He's like, a little commission. So I did him these two drawings, um, which were years and years and years and years <laughs> ago. And it's weird looking at them now. <laughs> and looking at Metroland now, being like, oh, it's changed so much. It's a different thing always, now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we'd always, like, I'd always see Ricky at places and be like, when are you going to pitch us a book? And I go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually he, you did. Do you, do you remember what the initial, was it just like a, a one line email you sent to Ricky where you were like, I think I've got something? Or did you actually, you know, he, put. So he actually emailed me and was like, Oh, we've got a space. Um, he was like, we're bringing out some books in the autumn. He was like, we've actually got a space for another one. He's like, do you want to do one? He's like, do you, if you've got something to pitch to us, do it. And I just got this email and was like, well, I'm not going to say no, am I? I'm not going to like, not got anything else going on. <laughs> but it's, all, it's great because rather than sort of pitching and, and waiting for acceptance, you're, you're essentially being commissioned at that point, aren't you? Like yeah, there is yeah. a space. You will get published. Exactly. And I didn't have an idea for anything when Ricky emailed me. <laughs> that that like, seems remarkable to me because it's such a rich piece. It just yeah. feels like, I don't know, it feels like it was just, uh, it would have been ready and waiting for you. So it's remarkable that yeah. you, you sort of built it from the ground up. So we'll talk but more about it in a second. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a lot of bits of things that I'd been working on for ages when, when I was a lot younger and totally forgot about because I was just like, oh, I'm not going to finish this and discarded it and totally forgot about it until I was like, oh, Ricky's asked me to pitch me a book and I really want to do a book, but I have an idea for one. And then I was like, wait, of course I do. There's, there's <laughs> all these ones that I chucked on a pile somewhere. <laughs> um, and what actually arrived was Izmir. Yeah, that is right. Do you want to outline to the folks at home what that is? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do the outline. <laughs> it is uh, so it's like a, a fantasy mystery story about a um, uh, set in the city of Izmir uh, about a little cat sculptor called Ed. He's a little cat. He also sculpts little cats. And he's, <laughs> he's you know, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of disparate things or they seem disparate things going on. He's kept up late at night by his mysterious neighbor who's like crooning all these like really sad songs late into the night. And there's like eco terrorists exploding buildings into flowers. And there's a prime minister who's up to some like undefined shady things and has also commissioned him to do this sculpture. It's all about all these things all together and and the city and and finding out little mysteries in these things. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it's such a, a rich book visually and in terms of ideas and characters. Like there's always something happening. But it's great because there's so many, as you say, apparently disparate things happening, but it just weaves together so nicely as well. I'm more amazed than anyone I don't know have you read any uh Nicola de Crecy's a uh, uh, French creator who did I uh, haven't actually and I know that um Carter Manier did uh, put in the we should be friends podcast that they did with a very nicely talked everyone talked about my work very nicely which is lovely of her um but they mentioned Nicola de Crecy. And I'd like 
I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. <laughs> and, I never heard it before. and I saw it and I was like, oh, no, I like this. I do. <laughs> Those are the ones with the vampire and. Like, like Ismir. Uh, yeah. You know, it's very hard to sort of summarize any of his books and make it sound uh, sort of like, oh, and, and obviously then this happens. But, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, they are they are also uh, remarkable. But a similar sort of energy to the, the visuals as well. But, um, you know, fantastic stuff, as, uh, you know, uh, Izmir is as well. Like, a really uh, tremendous piece of work. Yeah. What, do you have any sort of influences necessarily, but what, what sort of creators do you look out for in terms of, of work, contemporary or, you know, ones from the past? Uh, I love Evan Dom. He uh, does uh, Rice Boy and uh, Vatu. Right, right. Um, it's just a webcomic. Uh, yeah, I really like his stuff. And I think it's easy to, like, if you look at it, I was saying this to my friend, and he's like, oh, no, I totally see where your, where your stuff, like, comes from. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like em- Emily Carroll. Well, again, there's a sort of ho- folk horror element, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's weird with, with comics because I I think my my finger is definitely not on the pulse with a lot of like modern comics because I, I like things I get shown things by people I like this person because they're not because they're my friends but I'm more <laughs> uh, you know I'm like ah oh, I can get really stoked about this because you've just brought out this thing and it's really really good and I know you <laughs> <laughs> but also I guess being in a collective immediately you know you see the other members of your collective's work and then. They'll, they'll share things. Obviously, social media is such a, yeah. uh, a a different way to consume now, isn't it? With with yeah. Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. There's so many images that, you know, uh, flip by you. And the ones that you choose to click on and find a bit more about the creators, it can be so sort of random, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. I know sometimes it's just nebulous things of just the people that you feel more engaged with. And that's different for everyone, for sure. Oh. <laughs> people, people are like, what's your favourite comic at the moment? I'm like, uh, oh, I don't know. But but it's I one do that, have... Like I said at the top, it's one of those things where there's no right or wrong answer, is there? It's just what you like. That's yeah. fine, isn't it? You know. I, I always love seeing Lottie, Lottie Pension stuff. Like, really grabs me. There's a comic she did called um, Part-Time Cafe Worker about this, this little... I think, I think it's a rabbit. I, I don't remember this little animal who's like, oh, yeah, you know, my day job is an artist, but I just really love to be a barista. I just really love to work in a cafe. And this, this, it's all about this tiny animal, like working really hard on the coffee in, in their spare time so that they can be uh, so they can be a coffee artist. And they're like, Oh, I just keep getting all these commissions. Um, agent keeps calling me about illustration work, and it's so annoying. <laughs> it's really getting in the way of this cappuccino. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for talking to us, B. Where can people find you and your stuff online? Oh, all over the place. I am on Twitter at B Muir, which is B E E M U R E. Um, I've got an Instagram account as well. Should be linked on Twitter and. Yeah, everything's on the Twitter. There's a website there. There's uk and all all sorts of things it's all over the place. Yeah. yeah, your 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 Twitter page does have your link to your main page, which has all your sort of commercial illustrations, yeah. right? So yeah, that's yeah. that's the best sort of uh, resource. Well, lovely stuff. I'm sure we'll talk to you again in the future. Yeah, definitely. cheers, cheers, dude. Thanks again to B for joining us, and thank you for listening. See you next month. Bye bye. This show is a Holdfast Network production. 
go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programs you may enjoy.